Repeat after me. I will never steal from the weak and the vulnerable again. There's gonna be a fire. Okay, thanks. This is a beekeeper. A special program outside the chain of command. When the system is corrupt, I correct it. He's stolen millions from people who've worked hard all their lives. We have laws for these things. Until they fail, then you have me. The Beekeeper, rated R, only in theaters January 12th. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Serial Viewers. My name is Alex, and if I sound like I have the sniffles, apologies, getting over a cold. Nonetheless, I'm joined here by my fellow panellists. Yes, we're going back to panellists. Toby? I prefer being a cohort last time, man. You what stay a cohort, then. Yeah, man. I will. You, I stay, will. you stay a cohort. And then there's also Stefania. Hi. Hello. Hi, hello. He just feminised your name when you ignore that. Stefania. Right? That's very okay. modern. No, no, I, I went to an all-boys school and got called Stephanie. Oh, yeah, he's cool cute, with it, man. I don't he's really cool give a it. shit at this point. Yeah. I like that. I like and that. And most of the time when people shout Steph, I turn and it's actually some girl nearby that they're shouting for. Oh, one day they'll shout for you, man. One day. No, I mean, that has happened once, <laughs> at least, I'd, I'd hope. And that's all that counts. So we are here today to do a review for a recent release starring yeah. Mr. Jason Statham Hardman. Oh, I don't know. He might have a PhD. He might be Dr. Statham for all we know. You're assuming his title. I mean... I mean, he can be a doctor. He you can know be he's a... an Olympic, former Olympic diver. Yeah. He, he is not. Yeah. And there are also 90s music videos where he's doing the sexy stripper thing and it's quite Really? Funny. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you afford that? I think I'll just post it on the Instagram page after this. Great. So can <laughs> Great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Mr. Statham gets around, as we know. But yes, the movie that we are reviewing here today is Beekeeper, otherwise known as Jason Statham Makes Honey. What country is that its title? Uh, probably Lithuania. Lithuania, yeah. In yeah. Poland, they have this amazing thing of titling films completely, like, wrong. Yeah. Of course they do. And, you know, um, Die Hard's called, like, Glass Building. <laughs> well, it's set in a glass building. <laughs> that's I know, amazing. I know, but, like, that's not Die Hard. But it's like Taxi Driver, Mean Girls. That's my favourite genre of film. Films that actually do what they say on the well, tin. I watched Maniac yesterday and I literally oh, did. Oh, how did you it's find that? Maniac, is it? Yeah, oh, it was abhorrent, deplorable, tasteless, nasty, sadistic. Damn. Uh, any of those words could be used to describe it. Okay. But you know, like Tom Savini does the gore effects on it. So oh, that's all right. That alone. Nice, and nice. then uh, Bond girl. Caroline Monroe's in it. Ooh. So is that something that you'd recommend? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it is about maniac. Yeah, it is about ah, a maniac. Ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you know what you're title. getting for. This is actually about a beekeeper. It is. But it he's is. not a beekeeper in the literal sense. He's well, a beekeeper he is. in he the... He does keep bees. Yes. He keeps bees, but he's also a part of a secret organisation, clandestine organisation. They're not clandestine at all. They kill people. I mean, there's killing and then there's killing, so... Yeah, that's true. You know, take it or leave it. You know more than that than I do. <laughs> Directed by David Ayer. Um, Suicide Squad, Fury, End of Watch. And... Uh, Arguably, his best thing was the script for Training Day, which yeah. you always forget. Like you look at him now, and you're like, "Whoa, this man wrote Training Day." Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got some good credits to him. You, you know? would not know that from the script in his film, definitely, uh, which not. plays out like some sort of throwback action movie from a bygone era. This film feels like it's twenty years. 30 no, 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 years no definitely. Too late. I would argue forty years too late. Because um, 
yeah, I'm quite partial to those late 90s, uh, throw everything at the wall, throw an aeroplane down the Las Vegas Strip, as they do in Con Air kind of movies. This is more, we're going to show you amazing action sequences and can just assume that you're a five-year-old watching this when you shouldn't be. But you know what? With this film, if you don't take it very seriously, like I did when I actually walked into it, you oh, can... Oh, it seriously? No, I didn't take it okay. seriously. That's why I feel like I had actually a quite a fun time with really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I really like the fact that this film takes itself really seriously. Yeah. With the dialogue that's in it. Oh, God. God restore the hive. <laughs> God bring balance. So I would argue that this is, even though the characters involved are not particularly well-rounded, this is one of the few times I've watched Statham where it's not just Jason Statham. He actually feels like playing. Even if it's a caricature, he does feel like something else in this one. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 proper got his own sort of like mantra in this film because of mantra, his... mantra, 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 mantra. Oh, look at me, very thespian. Oh, you mantra. have a wonderful habit of fucking up words. I won't lie. I've <laughs> seen I've seen Americans on porn site misspell mantra as mantra because of the accent. So you could be forgiven. Okay, this so... script is almost reminiscent of a porno. Explain. In the sense that it's really bad. Really bad. (laughs) I would like to say, though, I had a great time. Yeah. yeah. I was, like, laughing consistently throughout the whole film. I chuckled. It's it's unintentionally funny, isn't it, in certain ways? I don't know if it is. It feels like someone who actually knows someone's in on the joke and has gone, right, make this completely dead serious, take this script really seriously. Mm. Because that's why I laughed. Like, I found it really funny because the script took itself as seriously as it did. <laughs> the only person, like, one of the other people that I think does, is in on the joke, actually, is Jason Statham yeah. himself. Yeah, well, he did He did I help produce uh, the film. He had a producing oh, credit right. to it. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. But that's one of the big compliments I have towards this film is that it takes on the challenge of can you make a good movie out of a bad script? And by the second half of this film, I have to give it to the cast and crew. They really did make the best movie that they could have made out of that script. Yeah, it goes goes absolutely Yeah, totally. But then I feel like it's almost, oh, I've got this really bad script. Let's have fun with it. Yeah. As opposed to, I've got this bad script. We've been given all this money. Oh, my God. Pressure, pressure. It's going to go. Yeah. We've got to deliver a product. It's terrible. Yeah. Whereas this film... Kinda knows what it is, or someone involved knows what it is. It has some sort of identity to it. What did you make of it, Alex? Other than you know what you've already said. To be completely honest, I and I was actually going to mention this to you two and see how you two feel about this, but I kind of get the sense that this movie was set up not just to be a standalone. I feel like there's a lot of elements and aspects in this film that could branch out into further sequel, sequel bait, spin-offs, you know, just by the whole organisation of the beekeeper alone. Two-keeper. <laughs> That's not a bad title for a sequel, mate. Um, they do take a lot of influence from John Wick. Yes. That's kind of film you're uh, describing. Yeah. Right down to the villains. I think if you want to know that a film is influential or even iconic, because that first John Wick is 10 years old now. Jesus. It's just the fact that you can go into other films and you see something and you're like, yeah, that's just like John Wick. Um, Josh Hutchison, in particular, is just Alfie Allen in the first John Wick movie. Yeah, yeah. spoil, rich kid, steps on, 
Out of his death, man. Out of his death. This steps on someone's business he shouldn't have. Doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Has no idea. with the wrong people. Has no idea. This idea of the beekeepers, just like the Continental, this international network, which I thought was a great concept, actually. It really was. But there is this kind of creed... Or this, not organisation, but this lineage of people who are there to step in when society goes too far. And they're kind of like a myth, aren't they? Like whenever, like, whenever I watch this film and I hear the keeper saying, you pissed off a beekeeper, it's like, what, what, what is a beekeeper? I oh, chuckled every time they did that. They were like, <laughs> you, you what? Yeah. You don't know the beekeepers? A beekeeper? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> don't fuck with it. David Beckham's a beekeeper. Is he? He is. Yeah. Is he an official beekeeper? Yeah, he makes honey. Oh, damn. Don't. Me- oh, yeah, he does. Flea yeah. from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is also a beekeeper. Oh, oh no way. Yeah, I can show you photos. This is a real, a real thing that we don't know about. It's him. bringing it into the oh, actual zeitgeist. But it's actually like the Masons, where they're all just like putting their money in. The Freemasons. Yeah, the like- Freemasons were what we thought they were instead of just a bunch of middle aged guys getting each other out of dodgy work situations. Yeah, and sorting each what, other out with Do you know work. what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what this would be. So, fun and games man um jeremy irons also features in this film always good to see him yeah, yeah. i think um he's one of the best parts of this film of the yeah of the yeah film. i mean he just comes in he does what he's there to do he's um his character is basically like the um kind of like the uh, I, I don't know how would you he's describe kind of him? an antagonist but then he's also a realist about the situation, the yeah. It's the kind of criminal on. you get in a mafia film in which they're just trying to get on with their life and operate in a certain way, and this young upstart has just completely caused trouble, and now they have to get involved kind of mm. thing. Trying to be a father figure to Josh Hutchinson's character and basically make him realise the error of his ways, but obviously he doesn't. I actually really enjoy Josh Hutchinson. He does play well guy. against type, doesn't he? He's yeah. kind yeah. of a Logan Paul... Very much yeah. so. Jake Paul-esque... Yeah. asshole and he even has his like little peace stuff and the ringing of the bells and he's got his yoga and back massage and he they've right i've noticed this in two recent pieces of media i watched like the new season of fargo okay and joe yeah. keary's character one of the things they do to make him an asshole is vape oh and in yeah. this they've done the same where they've gone right, he vapes, so he must be a dickhead. He's a bad guy. Well, they would have gone from ah, oh, smoking makes a character look cool to right, you vape, you're a total piece of shit. No, I mean, I feel like the next take on that is in the next Bond film, James Bond has to be introduced, like Connery smoking a joint, not a cigarette, and then the joint will replace the vape, and then the heroin needle will replace the joint, and then society will um, ultimately implode. Would that restore balance to the hive? Yes. In not so many ways. I mean, that's what the film implies. Uh, we've also got Minnie Driver, who plays... Yeah, it was good fuck? to see her, Eloise man. Parker. It was good to see her. Yeah. Up and I was like, oh, look, I ain't seen you in a while. Yeah, I, I wondered where I'd seen her from more recently. And obviously she plays... Um, uh, Director the, of, like, the CIA or something? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, she fell victim to that classic thing of, oh, you're an actress in Hollywood. Oh, you're 40? Oh, I don't want to play with you anymore, like Andy in Toy Story 2. <laughs> you know, Cameron Diaz kind of clocked what was going on and was like, listen, I'm getting less work, I'm just going to retire because I see where this is going. Does she you know? produce? I feel like Cameron Diaz is someone who would produce. Uh, no, she's complete. from what I heard, she's completely retired, but you might see her get behind the camera at some point. I can yeah. I can see that happening. Maybe doing like a bit of writing or whatnot. Yeah, she has too much experience. Mm. Now... The person who I'm not familiar with in this film, but 
is kind of almost an integral part of the plot is uh, Amy Raver Lampman, uh, the agent. Veronica Park. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Amy Raver Lampman. Yeah. How do you spell Raver Lampman? I know uh, it's double barrel. Raver is spelt like what I used to get up to in Like Raver. In the rain. Yeah, yeah. Raver and, and Lampman. Lampman is like a lamp and a man. Lampman. Bro, for real. I've heard a lot of names in my life. I remember I met this one girl called Ruby Lightfoot and I thought that was the best name I've ever heard of that time. I always thought this you made better. that up. I never thought that you, was you, I brought that up before. No, no, no. That was a real name. <laughs> this this takes the cake. <laughs> Raver Lampman. Yeah, she's... Uh, just to like, actually to go back to the film, she's good. Her part is written appalling. Yeah, the dialogue is, is crazy. Like, her whole... Her whole character almost feels like an afterthought. Like they they wrote, oh, there's got to be someone connected to the initial revenge who's then integral to the rest of the movie. So you don't forget about the emotional pain. No, and also she kind of gets over her emotional pain within minutes. Yeah, that's one thing that I Without really didn't like. Without going spoiler turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like that was just uh, done. We got there. We sat with it for like a minute and then the next thing you know, it's back to business. And it's like, no, you haven't even had time to really digest what's just happened. There was happened. no funeral. Like, you know what I mean? I said this before I saw the film, even just looking at the premise that Statham was going after the wrong people in this film. He should have been going after Felicia Richard's family just for right. how they set that woman up. And just the fact that she killed herself, there's no funeral, and move on. And they're just using it to further their own career. Bro, I feel like Statham should have just pulled an animal house on them at the end. Do you think that two million is actually from, like, money laundering? It has to oh, be. Oh, it might be. It has to be. <laughs> She's running a really good charity, by the way. <laughs> is this spoiler territory? Because this plot point I have a lot to say on, but boys, oh, you don't want to... Oh, wait, wait up then. I'll bring, yeah. it, I'll bring it up in a minute. Because that yeah, two we'll million dollars, it. a chimpanzee is involved. I'm telling you that. <laughs> a chimpanzee? On the shoulder, specifically. On the shoulder, in the mind, in the... In the system, man. Uh, there's another character that's in this film that maybe you guys wouldn't have taken notice of because you weren't that big into EastEnders at the time. What do you know about me and EastEnders? Let's get into I it, I haven't man. watched EastEnders since Mo killed someone with an iron. I remember that. No, she didn't yeah. kill him. She injured oh. him. She went to jail. Then she got out. And then him and the Irish guy, Tom, uh, blew up in the house fire. Toby, you oh, seem no to know way. about Spoilers for EastEnders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, December 2002, spoilers for EastEnders. Just do an EastEnders episode. Why not? Why not? No, I can talk about if EastEnders. we do, I need to get my mum and my auntie on. That's how you know we're going to take this seriously. Send yeah. out the invites, man. <laughs> do do it. Just do like EastEnders Christmas special. Yeah. The iconic Christmas specials. I'm down for that. Someone always dies, man. It feels like the only thing that pulls figures in anymore is Christmas specials. Maybe Doctor Who. But I don't watch Doctor Who. You should. I'm not. It's, it's getting Five. good again. No. <laughs> All right, Stefan, we're in your house, innit? We're in your house. I'll keep my mouth shut. Here we you go always again. always use that as an excuse to avoid discourse. I'm Nigerian. That's what we're taught. <laughs> <laughs> but should we now get into spoiler territory? Yeah, let's Please. do it. Let's do it. I'd say watch The Beekeeper when it's on TV, but no one watches television anymore. So yeah, people stream. Nine o'clock on Channel 4 thing that was like an integral part of my TV. Most Teenage years, yeah, 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 yeah I'd agree. This would have been one of those things I go in the next day to school and be like, "What's that beekeeper movie? It was all right. It was pretty ridiculous." My kid is gonna love this film, and then ten years after the fact, he's gonna bring it up again, be like, "Yeah, Dad, do you remember when I was really into Beekeeper? Yeah, I don't regret it, but like, 
Nah. Weird you mentioned dad, because I thought this was the kind of thing where me and my dad would go to Blockbusters and rent it, yeah. And rent it and chuckle our asses off on the sofa. Precisely. When I was like twelve or something. This felt like that kind of film. It's so a, maybe it's a, some points for that alone. Especially a lot of the oh, this is something I wanted to mention seeing as we're getting into spoiler territory a little bit, but some of the uh, how do I say it? some of the choreography for the fight scenes in this movie are actually really well done, and that's why I, I also go back to um, finding out that Jason Statham was a part of the had a producing credit on it. I'm pretty sure he had a bit of a input into how some of these action scenes were done, which just played. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that was one of the saving graces of it, actually, because the first 30 minutes of this film, I thought, "Fuck you, man! I can't believe this is the first time I've been to the cinema in a month." And I got to sit through this. And then the latter half of the film, I was like, no, you, you guys are trying to make this worthwhile for all of us. And I, I rate that. Uh, so what do you Spoilers! Think? Let's do Spoilers! it! Right. Spoilers! I, I told you what I thought. Did you not listen to me? <laughs> no, I wasn't listening. I was owned out, man. Oh, I do man. that. I do that a lot. Fair enough. Right, so I think superficial entertainment value aside, this film is like trying to build a 20-story tower block on inflatable beds at the bottom, and that's your foundation. That's an interesting analogy. Yeah, because that whole plot with... Um, I also think if you're going to get someone to play a either vulnerable old lady or just a fucking idiot, Felicia Rashad has always seemed a bit too assertive and a bit too intelligent to convincingly play a woman who's that fucking stupid. She seems like she's a bit on the, on the nose with some of the stuff early on in this film. Like, she doesn't seem like the sort of character that would fall for something like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Daughter. She says that, doesn't she? She's yeah. like, I should call my daughter. Someone who kind of even utters that would probably call their daughter. And just the way that the suicide is done is the fact that, like, it's the borderline next borderline hilarious. Yeah, mm. you see a girl on the floor is like, Oh, she got put. Ah, she killed herself. Ah, oh, okay. I better go back to my bees. <laughs> He's like, let me grab the honey. Oh, where will I ever put my beehives now? She's dead. <laughs> uh, but Who you put know- that woman in charge of two million dollars of chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, like, That's oh, why I said the chimpanzee. Yeah. So yeah, let's 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 get into that. The two million uh, trust fund. <laughs> I like the scam. The way the scam's done because it's actually real. Where they build the trust of missending you the money and yes. then build up your thing where you've suddenly got money in your account. I thought the anti-like fraud, internet fraud part of the film was Mm. actually done Mm. really decently. Contemporary and relatable. Yeah. Um, Alex, you have a story, we won't go too deep into it, but this is more relatable than our listeners might think because you nearly fell victim to one of these in your youth, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So just briefly, um, I got called up by Halifax. I had um, a couple of savings in my account uh, at this uh, at this point, maybe about four or five grand. I got called up by Halifax. Alex is loaded, everyone. Come rob him. <laughs> He's please, a very post-Lithuanian girl. Please don't. Please don't. I like my life right now. But um, I got called up at like, what, half 11. That should have already been an immediate red flag. And they um, called me up basically for the purpose of saying, oh yeah, we feel like your account has been hacked. Why don't you take your savings that you have currently in this account and send them to a private account that we have just so that we can protect your money? I was very vulnerable at this point. I was very naive, very idiotic. Mm. I managed to transfer over about two grand, believing that they were official. Uh, By the time I realized that the shit was up and the gig was up, 
I completely cut the call off and um, yeah, I realized I'd been scammed. So I got a call literally the other day from a withheld number claiming to be NatWest. Yeah. And as soon as I meant, well, NatWest never call me from a withheld number, they literally hung up on me. <laughs> so you're smarter than and me, I man. It's just like, why would my bank call me on a withheld number? <laughs> you're smarter than me, I'll tell Weird. you that. No, but this happened now, like the other day. I mean, you can see, this is the thing, they prey on naive people. Mm. And the issue is, yeah, she doesn't seem naive enough. Yeah. But mm. I'm, I'm really happy that they've gone for a villain that's actually more relatable than the typical 80s, 90s affair. Yeah. You might go, right, South Africans aren't popular. Let's make the bad guys South African yeah. with Lethal Weapon 2. Not yeah. that that's a criticism. I love Lethal Weapon 2. But you know where they just kind of... Just rip headlines from Yeah, these. they're like, yeah, well, yeah. these people are evil, make them the bad guys. Whereas in this, this is actually like one of the more relatable villains I've seen in an action movie. Or in any movie, really. That's why I think conceptually this film has a lot going for it. Mm. And I think maybe the filmmakers, even if they did look at a dog shit script, I think they realised that they could do something with it. But I think I, I spent way too long laughing and kind of mocking the whole, um, who put that woman in charge of $2 million? That's why I said earlier, like the fact that her daughter has the audacity to go out for retribution... I'm like, she should have put a bullet through her own fucking head, man. Letting her get you know away what I mean? with that, you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> true. Right, uh, so she gets conned, and he goes to the conning centre. The conning centre. The UD, yeah, you know the I UDG. Mean. It's a cool centre where they con people, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And the way they play it out like it's some sort of like stock market rave. You know, like, yeah, that was, that was, proper, that was so, proper fun. Hook them in, and then you know you got them, right? Build up the trust, and then so on. And he was a real slimy fecker. Like yeah. They said he was connected to the mob. Bollocks, man. They would never have anyone connected He's to the mob. Bait. Bullshit. He's too bait. Bullshit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he wears his fucking wealth on his like sleeve for Which is how most mobsters get taken yeah, out. Yeah, someone that idiotic place. would not be um, associated with the mafia in any any way, shape or form. Must be, be said, though, for a film of this um, budget and size, that set, the call centre with all the neon, I thought was actually pretty impressive. Do you think they kind of reused it twice, though, later on? Yeah, no, it comes... I thought that was the same room, wasn't it? No, 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 it's just different location. Yeah, that's the big boy one that's making more money that he goes out for I later thought, on. Okay, I yeah, the they, they relocated to another centre, a second oh, I centre. Like, I yeah, that. they had multiple centres ripping yeah. people off. That was the whole okay, thing. Okay, I take back the set design compliment because I thought... Actually, no, it no, might no, just no. be I like... I mean, if they've repurposed it well enough that someone doesn't notice, yeah. I just think they did mild probably mildly probably used the same location but yeah. just differently yeah it was used for great effect as well during the action scenes because you've got a lot of like like you just mentioned Toby like the neon lights and you've got like the glass like the glass turn corners and this and that and it makes really good for some of the I shots mentioned that come the up. neon lights oh. not Toby oh sorry Stefan is a is a proper neon neon he has well, a neon I, fetish I implied the neon lights but yeah Stefan does have a neon fetish so you implied it you mentioned it I am it I'm a neon light you're what a neon I fetish say? Vice yeah. City influenced my life hey. yeah no I say so location wise actually I really liked all of them I thought that farm was lovely I was like, how the fuck does she have this farm but then she's got two million sitting in the bank for a charity? This is why I think there's questions to be asked about her mother. yeah. What is she up to? Because she's like a school teacher or something. I think that's her job and she somehow ended up with this 
farm with acres of land with a giant barn. I mean, maybe that's been passed down generationally. Possibly. Bullshit, a black woman in America in the 20th century thinks she just inherited that land. Damn. Look, that's a good point. You don't yeah. know what country we're talking about? <laughs> it's America. You know what I mean? America, man. Um, yeah, it does make a, it does make one one wonder. But even, even like, it's a good thing you mentioned up the farm because even one of the action scenes is set in the barn on the farm, which is the pretty barn on the brutal. Farm. Yeah, pretty yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The use yeah. of a bandsaw to chop yeah. someone's fingers off. That was off. awesome. That, that was, was pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. He doesn't use a gun for the first 40-odd no, minutes of the movie. And no. then he starts... They do, it's one of those movies where they put everyone in body armour and he shoots all the CIA, FBI guys in body armour in the chest. And it's like, it's okay, he didn't kill that one. But he shoots them and you're like, that bullet still could have split the Kevlar. There's also him throwing people downstairs and punching them. There's a lot like, of that. He's, they're not dead. He only punched them. He literally throws someone down a flight of stairs and they <laughs> land like on their shoulders, like neck. That guy's so, dead. So that is <laughs> Paralyzed at least. That is officially known as the Cubby Broccoli rule, particularly with 80s Bond onwards. It seeps into the rest of like action cinema yeah. where if there's a car crash and innocent people's cars get flipped over... You have to have an insert shot of the people crawling out the car to show that they're okay. Right. Oh, to show yeah. that they didn't die. Although I feel like we're getting so far in the future that I feel like we'd rate our heroes a bit more if they were just like, okay, you guys are standing in the way of me and stopping nuclear war. Uh, you died. Uh, it's fine. The world is still here after you die in it. That's the kind of hero I'd watch. Do you remember that? Like trend cliche trope where you know you'd get the hero and a car would collide with them side on. I know like Hancock and Hellboy do it. Mm. And I was used to just think that the crumple of that car would kill anyone sitting in the front of it. Easily. But then, yeah, again, they'd get out and you're like, oh, that's okay, because they survived. No, but you've seen a photo of Princess Diana's car and that looked better than most of the films that you spoke yeah, about. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? I don't really like the way the FBI is used in this film as well. They're, they're, the organization's a little bit redundant. Um, I'm mainly referring to Emma Raver Lampoon's uh, partner. Lampoon. 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 <laughs> like she's part of the National Lampoon. Lampoon. No, you're, you're, you're rude and offensive is what you're I? Am I? Okay, if I come across that way, I apologize. But Lampman. Raver Lampman. Raver Lampman. Uh, sorry. We spent if, an entire five minutes on this episode talking about her name. Miss Lampman. Lampoon. You're literally lampooning her name. In the future, if you ever listen to this, I I'd do like apologize. I'd like to say something. Please. Um, and Save me. I, I've, my, this might be the like most white person thing I could say. Well, you are white. Is it a cliche that there's loads of, a cliche, a stereotype that there's loads of mixed race people with double barrel names? Like every other footballer, Loftus-Cheek, <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold, and then you've got this, for example, Rava Lampman. I feel like it is, it, it is becoming a thing, isn't it? Well, you see us in Africa. Yes. We, we operate slightly differently, <laughs> you see. <laughs> yeah, the continent. Well, uh, they used to call us the colonies, you see. But um, it's a very uh, 21st century uh, affectation that uh, mixed-race families hyphenate their names as opposed to take on either their enslavers or their heritage monikers. Did you find that on the back of a cereal box? Cigarette packet, actually. Jesus. Oh, nice. Was it Lucky Strike? Doesn't matter what strike it was, bro. It was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a cigarette packet. Oh, it's struck. Man. It's struck. Right, beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, back to Sorry. the beekeeper. I feel like you were defending the FBI there, bro. I wasn't. I was shitting on them. Her partner yeah. in this film is is, is is a complete bumbling idiot. Um, oh, yeah. Bumbling, because bees, that's very good. Yeah. The one where you're like, Jason Statham's disarmed him. He's, like, he's got kids, and Jason Statham's like, 
I know. <laughs> I know where they live. Yeah, that's a bit that's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's badass or just borderline creepy. <laughs> no, it's creepy, but you want a hero who is willing to go and kill children, isn't it? That's where the 21st Wait, century... What? Wait, say that again. You right. want it? After 9-11, we got disillusioned with yeah, the old heroes. Yeah, on 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Like, If you're, you're ever uncertain about something, well, but, it's very post-9-11. <laughs> 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 Why are films so fucking miserable these days? Wow. Uh, no, 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 since nine eleven, it went down. I tell you, <laughs> um, yeah, they're just—I I just don't like the way that they—they were—they they didn't really offer anything to the story. They—they they, no, they they didn't have any sort of impact. Body, a sea of bodies for Jason to like Take punch a, and yeah. slap and kick. Characterization across the board was very weak. That's why I have to give the cast as much credit as I can mm. for actually making it somewhat engaging. Cause it really, as I said earlier, it does feel like a film where they turn up to set and be like, this is dog shit, but we have what three months to kill. We're all getting paid to do this. Should we just try our best? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you get the vibe that everyone involved is trying their best, even though like from the ground up, like a five year old could have written a better script than some of the shits going on here. Yeah. I, Thought it was written by a five-year-old. Do you think David Ayer just turned around to his son and was like, you remember that time we went to those beehives? He's like, yeah, made the action hero. Wait, no, be an American child, even worse. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to piss off all those kids on the internet talking about Nepo babies. beekeeper, dad? The beekeepers. Yeah, can we make a movie with a badass beekeeper? And let's have him, like, have a jar of honey as well. Right, that's the other thing, because they didn't... That was what I joked about previously, right? Mm. That... Hopefully this film would have a scene at a funeral where Jason Statham standing over a grave with a jar of you honey. You did say that, you did say that. He does that. hold on to a jar of honey more than I actually thought he would. Yeah. But does he drip the honey over like yeah, like, dirt. like You know what I mean? You know, like you throw yeah. dirt on a, on a coffin. Or pour one from my homies kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do any of that. Missed opportunity, because right? Because just didn't have a funeral. This woman died and there was no real consequences other than... He now has to go and kill and beat up everyone in his path. Every single person, I guess, in his way. He's Maybe going the down. daughter is low-key the bad guy because she's put her mother in charge of all of this, knowing that she'll be incompetent and knowing that she'll be taken advantage of. And then when all of this goes down, it's an excuse to go and kill criminals and take their money. Yeah, maybe she got scammed by some crypto company and then deliberately gave her mum millions of dollars to just get scammed again. So we need, I will use my mother to fight the system. We need a prequel then. So unfazed about her mother's death. She's like, oh yeah, she died, but I'm gonna go on a vengeance run now. Right, this film had a dummy in it. I have to mention this, I remember it clear as day, when he gets the first scamming business supervisor man with the car and pulls him off the yeah, bridge. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. That, I, I was quite happy. That's another reason why I thought almost throwback. I was like, oh, it's refreshing to see a dummy being used as opposed to CGI. Yeah. 72 shit. So you can see look. this You can see this shot in the trailer if, the, if our listeners want to go and just double check and you can tell it's a dummy in the trailer. Like it's ragdoll physics. Yeah, the best dummy use I've ever seen was Magnum Force. Still haven't seen that. I haven't seen, seen that. Yeah, there's a what really... Was the, what was the context? I'm convinced it's not even a dummy, it's just a blow-up sex doll that's been chucked out yeah, of a balcony. Geez, that sounds more appropriate, doesn't it? would be fitting for a Dirty Harry movie, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> well, the classic thing with old movie dummies is that you watch the body fall and then suddenly the knee goes all the way back over the head and you're like, that's not real. 
But it's a James Bond film, so yes, Master, I believe you. Is that why the one in uh, Temple of Doom is so well done? Because they put motorised little bits yes. in the limbs. Yes, and yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it makes it more ILM. realistic. Inshallah, ILM. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the the action... I, w- I kind of want to... I kind of want to uh, harp back on the action part of this um, of this film because, as well as John Wick, as we mentioned before, it has like sort of that John Wick vibe. I also got a little bit of Death Wish vibes in this film. So as you're well. a proper yeah. Death Wish man. I've I only am. Seen the first I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Death Wish fan, and I I, I think that this kind of t- leans in and takes some comparisons from the latter films in which. Charles Bronson's character in three, four, and five is retired by this point. He's a retired vigilante. So when um, people that he's associated with go through turmoil or some one of his old friends gets beaten up by a biker gang, he then retreats out of retirement and goes back into being a, a, a night vigilante. I kind of feel like that was Statham's role in this in this film yeah, as well. Yeah, because his beekeeping, he'd been replaced as a beekeeper. He yeah. was in retirement. He even had his like phone hidden in a beehive. Yeah. yeah. There, by the way, is Beehive. When they shot his Beehive up, I was actually quite emotionally distressed. I thought that was quite I spectacular, thought, actually. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was actually more hard-hitting than the scam. Then when Felicia Rashad blows up. He should have just gone out for the people, but then he kills. That's the thing about this film. It almost sets up who he's going to get, and he gets them almost immediately. Yeah, that's what I it like. becomes this more... Yeah, it doesn't bullshit about. It's kind of unexpected in that, where most films it'd be him going after them. And then when he finally confronts them at the end, the main top dog would just be there at the same time. That's right. Whereas in this, he's... Like the boss battle. Yeah, where you'd have, like, the main main guy. But where they've got Jeremy Irons and various other antagonists and then even the president yeah um what the fuck you guys seen that episode of the office where michael scott's made his film threat level midnight yeah Yeah, the president is also the bad guy also i was like yeah you guys have not seen enough popular culture to know what you are parodying and what you're doing so before we get the reveal of um oh no uh, it's the president's son yeah i i i clocked that maybe about 10 seconds before you actually see her on screen and they refer to her as madam president i'm like she's she's the president 10 seconds i'm pretty sure it's all revealed at once but it's done so hilariously because she's like meeting random national people yeah in their like native Where's attire? In attire, attire, is the worst, that's it, yeah. attire, and she's just like shaking hands with some black lady, and then her little PA comes along. And is like, Madam President, you're like, oh, big reveal. Dun, dun, you're not, dun. It's not a big reveal. It's just like, oh great, so the president's in on it, but she's not. No, they kind of almost trick you with that because she's like. You, you think she's going to be the big bad and she's actually completely unaware of what her shithead son She's superfluous to. Yeah, she's very oblivious to what's going on. And uh, following on from that point uh, with her, her, her dynamic with her son, they're almost like mates. That sequence where they're in... Well, she's the, smoking. Yeah, she's smoking and she's like, oh, you better get on your shit. And he's like, all right, mom. They're, they're, they're. It's like, there's no like hierarchy. Well, that was yeah, always really. helping himself to her, his dad's 
stash yeah. of cocaine. Well, that was always the myth that Nigerian parents told you about white people growing up. Is like, ah, you know, they don't, they don't tell their kids. The kids say to their mum, shut up. And they don't be them. They say drugs are smoking. So this movie is proving your your your, your family right. It's uh, not my family. It's not my family's psychosis. <laughs> okay, not a Polish. No, not a Polish I household. I think this is almost um, in mainly like occurs with American families because mm. when you watched a lot of those like reality TV shows, shut up, shut up. Yeah. I'll do my, what I want. I want my bacon bits. <laughs> like that King Curtis kid. You know what He I'm was saying. a cultural icon. Where is <laughs> Curtis now? Probably had a heart attack. Like no, I reckon he's still alive. He's probably like a gym bro. He's gone from being this little overweight kid on Transformed telly. himself. Who gets biggest enemy yet is a black mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best episode of White Swap. I can definitely, I can definitely believe that. To be Sorry, I just said White Swap, not Wife Swap. God, white Swap, man, you're racist, white, white man. White Swap, white Swap. There's white a Dave Chappelle sketch yes. about it. Yes, and the black dad just ends up banging her <laughs> and being a total piece of shit and like just not doing anything. Whereas the black wife going to marry the white husband just makes him into a total simp. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good bit. That you, you know, Catherine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 105 minute runtime. This film Loved has. It. Uh, it, Loved it. it, it the, the pacing. Just yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Toby, Toby, why are you clapping? Uh, because I think this film was fundamentally flawed from the Man, ground up. I can't guy. clap. I'm clapping at the runtime. Yeah, the runtime. Do you? Two hours exactly. Do, you, do you guys clap for yourself when like you blow your load and she has another couple left in her? I clap for Alaska, mate. That's what I clap. You clap for Alaska. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You stand, why are you human. clapping, bro? Stand on your own clapping? mountain. But Do you know who doesn't have that issue? Jason Statham. Yeah. Have you come yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I need to finish. That's perfect. AI is a thing, man. You can make it happen. I learned something from this film, by the way, that honey is flammable. So did, I didn't know that. Neither no. did I. Neither did I. Do you know sugar about content makes sense because when I was a sugarcane farmer in Australia, which you were, it's extremely flammable. That's how they get the crop down. Shit. Can we just yeah, establish that that wasn't fire. a joke? You were actually no, no, a sugarcane farmer. Wait, were you? Yeah, yeah that, that was wasn't a joke. Oh shit. Are you are you a beekeeper? <laughs> well, he wouldn't tell us if he was. <laughs> That's true. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Oh, I want to live. So I need to restore balance tonight. <laughs> <laughs> They don't drop the beekeeper thing, by the way. They ham it up. Like, with a lot of movies, they just drop that about half an hour in. Yeah. But everyone, do you to do? Count how many, or drinking game. Yes. Every time they say beekeeper, uh, sit. I like that. I like that. We it's should kind do of that. a Regina George element to like, you know, he's a beekeeper. Are you one of the beekeepers? Oh, the beekeepers did this in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, let's get on to the adversaries of the beekeepers. One thing about action, just quickly. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, both of you have brought up John Wick multiple times, where mm. I have a gripe with every modern action film where they will not, they've softened the violence down with the cut a bit like John Wick is. Yeah. John Wick is a franchise that could be way more hardcore. But the way it's done with snappy editing and CGI blood, mm. it softens it. And, and I also, think everything is shot from a wide angle. So yeah. you don't really get into the nitty-gritty or of when... really I, close. Yeah. It's either, like, wide as fuck or yeah. really, like, close up. And I feel that 
that's a problem in this film. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't feel like the action scenes are very intimate. Is Which is weird, because America's always been, when it comes to censorship, right, if you show nudity, swear too much, mm. or have drug use, which this film has a lot of uh, strong language in it. Yeah. There's loads of F-bombs. But it's sex yeah, you have to be careful about in America. Oh, sex, sex. of course, yeah. you know. Shash. But, um... The violence in it is so neutered, yet they've gone for showing someone use cocaine multiple times through it, mm. and they've got loads of bad language where I think you could just cut that crap out and just maybe hike up the violence. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's interesting that that wasn't the case because, like I said before, Jason Statham, I'm assuming, and I'd like to believe that he had quite a hands-on uh, role with this film. So... Wouldn't that have been something that he would have uh, referenced with David Ayer and said, you know, hamp up the violence more, the drug use and swearing, let's hamper it's it down a little bit. It's kind of needless to the plot. I mean, you get the whole idea that uh, Josh Hutchison's character is a total douchebag mm. without him having to do cocaine. But then I guess that's why he behaves right in the climax the way he does. Yeah. Where he's just like, Bat shit and just against everyone. He's like, you know, throwing like a hissy fit. Proper hallucinated, innit? Well, yeah. a lot of drug use in contemporary American cinema is quite superficial. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. either stoners being like, oh man, or cokeheads being like, oh, uh, yeah, we're dickhead. You know what I mean? Not the actual effect. I the am the shit. Everything is great. Do you know I am I mean? so good at this. You guys won't believe what I did last night. I come up with a business plan. We're going to get a band. And gonna, like, they start speaking at this alarmingly quick. You sound like Jake Gyllenhaal on Hot Ones when he was like, you think I'm going to take you to Norway? <laughs> Norway is my world. Is Jake Gyllenhaal on cocaine? I know he's on HRT. Uh, he was well, Judging on... from the new Roadhouse Oh, trailer, he's definitely on some coke. He, uh, HRT, the was it, hu, uh, Human Resources no, is it Testosterone. TRT, hormone Replacement Treatment, mm. and then TRT is Testosterone Replacement yeah. Treatment. He looks like he's been Roided. banging it. Juicing it up, yeah. Because his jaw's completely changed, and I noticed that with Conor McGregor recently. Oh, he's God. been on it, and he has this, like chin that sticks out well, he's you know a... like with steroids you could always tell because of the neck yeah, and the shoulders yeah, and the, shoulders. Yeah, like the, traps, the traps traps yeah. into neck become one only one man was born like that and it's Mike Tyson which made him an incredible <laughs> yeah I don't want to see that guy man neck. whereas with these people they like you can tell by the jaw it looks really fucked up is there a reason that like someone like specifically like Jake Gyllenhaal would be taking that society yeah, man Alright, okay. To, like, get buff as fuck. Okay, alright. Because he needs to get dench. You got it. Mr. Movie Man breathing down your neck, be like, you're not, you're not hench enough, mate. You're not, you're not hench enough. Take this drag. replace you. I'll replace you with someone hencher if you're not I thought he had decent body shape in Southport, to be fair, but that yeah, but was, he was like probably a on a lighter one for that. Because I know the rumours about H uh, HRT or TRT or whatever it is mm. came about around the time of 300. Oh, right, that makes yeah. sense. And that's that makes when, sense. Like, it became more apparent that people were using this stuff to get bulked. Yeah. Even though in 300, they literally spray paint abs on with like a blush contour gun. They're it's like, like the a muscle... makeup class on YouTube from five <laughs> years ago. How to make your abs better. <laughs> that's like, you know, back in the day, you used to get a basic Superman or Batman costume. And, and then in like 2004, so like they all had like built in abs. They used to be like, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm yeah. fat. Yeah. <laughs> no one can believe I have abs when I'm this fat. No, they will in that suit, man. They will in that suit. Yeah. Best belief. Comic book guy. 
Did you think the bad guy that they brought in at the end, Mr. Evil Sififikin, which is interesting because I mentioned that. I loved him. He I was really one of the him. best things about the movie because as soon as he turns up, I'm like, I lost a leg to, I lost a leg to a beekeeper. But he also killed that beekeeper. So oh. you know he's a threat. He's so he threat. reminded me of, I forget the actor's name, it's John something. He's the bad guy in... John Stamos. He doesn't remind no, you. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. John Stamos is very different. Um, he's the bad guy in Fury... Uh, no, not Fury Road. Uh, the Road Warrior. And he's also in Commando. Yes. Vernon Fields, is it? With a moustache? I think so. I know he's yeah. Australian, oh, but that kind yeah. of like... Oh, John Matrix. Oh, yes. You know, this guy that's just put <laughs> on this gonna earth. I'm going to get you. I'm going to destroy you. It's game over. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> your daughter, John. Like, he really... That was when I started to feel the positive effects of the throwback he does. But he injected a proper good, like, yeah. bit of energy into the third act but of I the film. But I actually think you should have seen him earlier on in the film mm. so that you at least know that there's something waiting in store for you. Like, yeah, because he... characters there that are a bit nutty, a bit, you know. I just found this out that this guy, Taylor James, who plays... Evil South Africa. Taylor James <laughs> was born in Seven Oaks. Seven Oaks. No way. Down really? The road. In Kent. In Kent. He's from Seven Oaks. Kent. Like everyone going to stop doing something for the Oh, I'd lie. We used to have a teacher called Giddy Jinx in my school. Who was? I mean, my school was also in Kent. Kent. So that might also be his son. And the generations of families come oh, over here. Oh, that could be a thing. They could. Yeah, and they do play a lot of rugby. Yeah, rugby down the road. They play a lot of rugby. You see them playing rugby in Beckenham. Guys, this is going to turn into a South African podcast. What are we going to turn into? <laughs> it happens. Accept it. We're already here. We're in Jayberg now. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't in Seth London anymore. We're in Jayberg. Oh, no, I'm scared. <laughs> That yeah. fight scene, though, man. Jesus Christ, that was raw. Got your obligatory mirrors. Is there mirrors there? The John Wick yeah. mirrors, though, yeah. from the second one. That's yeah. where the violence was good. I feel like they saved it for that scene. Definitely. But other than the bandsaw fingers, and then he uses her thumb, he uses the other, he kills the beekeeper that replaced him, who's pretty shit. Yeah, the pretty, like, neon Kills her in one. seconds with her... Uh, what they call them, trace tracers on the gun, you know, the bullets they yes. used to use yeah. in like World War yeah. II. Which AO also uses in Fury. Yeah. You know, it's in Fury, the tanks all like they're shooting lasers, but there's, it's tracers. So there was a yeah. reference yeah. to that, yeah. So there's a through line a little He's bit. He's repeating, uh, you could almost call David Ayer an author. Oh, 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 Bullets colored. The, la- the, the, you, the, the, the lack of sound in that fight scene as well made it a bit more raw. Uh, yeah, as well. liked it, it was more, authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah a bit yeah, more graphic. Grittiness so. to it. And then, yeah, when the actual stab finally happens, yeah. it like, lingered on it for a while and you're like, whoa. It was quite yeah. impactful. And then yeah. he uses his uh, lack of leg to defeat him. <laughs> lack of leg. <laughs> He's like, use the fact that this man is a, uh, a what do you call it? Her- a her- yeah, yeah. Yeah, an amputee and just goes, yeah. It'd be funnier if he revealed that he'd beat the beekeeper and he's like, oh, this leg got it from diabetes. <laughs> 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 I so defeated the beekeeper, drank all his honey. <laughs> now, now I got the diabetes and lost my leg. You report yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We honestly need to move off this character because this is just good. He was great. He was, he was great. one of the we best loved parts him. of the film. The we, all, we all loved him, yeah. My favourite moment in the whole film is how he infiltrates the compound from under with the skateboard through the manhole. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. And assumes the yeah. guy's 
like cover uniform and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In them loads of other films, you'd have him fucking like I don't know crawl over. No, he go like a glider. <laughs> One of the most obvious things in the world. Because like, I've always thought that I love live and let die. But I knew he... you were going there. I didn't want to fucking say I mean, it. I knew. He's I knew you were going there. He's having a cigar in the air while on the glider. It's like what the fuck? Are well, you, you never seen Roger before. <laughs> but it's the fact that he like. He goes glides in on this man who's just completely oblivious. <laughs> and he like, kicks the cut oh, off. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to land and do this like stripper thing where he rips off his trousers. Oh, yeah. And he's wearing white underneath. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. So he can camouflage, camouflage. himself. It's like those reversible England shirts you used to buy as a kid. God rest his soul, man. <laughs> There's this infiltration, he's got the skateboard, slides underneath, and then he kind of rolls in between the vehicles. It feels quite tense. Yeah. That yeah. was one of those moments where I was like, someone's actually about doing this. some real filmmaking yeah. here, <laughs> as opposed to 80% of this movie, which is kind of a meme. It feels like this could get meme to shit. Like, you just cut bits from it. Like, I feel like in the hands of different filmmakers, they would have leaned heavily into pastiche. With yeah. this, they would have acknowledged the inspirations and be like, So, do you just want to make a complete kind of loving pay, almost like what Black Dynamite was to Black Exploitation? Yeah, make that right. to your 80s and 90s. But I feel film. like that's due to a lot of the additional characters. That's nothing on Jason Statham. Jason Statham crushes his role in this film, I feel personally. Oh, no, but I'd rather they'd have led into that, um, <clears throat> lent into that, so for, for him, fuck to all. the whole film, he barely mm. says no, it, but that's what I like, it's like though. the silent action man type that you would get, yeah. Before Marvel, where everyone before the MCU, before the MCU, clarify, yes, an order shit on Stanley. Thank you. We will one day, but even though he's a massive sellout, (gasps) controversy. It's all right. He's dead, isn't it? Yeah, you can you can basically shit on dead people. It's like an accepted thing. You go to a graveyard. We shit on this woman who got scammed out of two million and shot herself. Yeah, and she killed herself, so, you know. What sort of people are we? I mean, financially capable. (laughs) Well, we're alive, so, yeah. (laughs) I kind of wish there was a scene more more explored about these beehives at the beginning of the film that get obliterated, and it's just, I call this honey. Sweet, fake, fragrant orange. <laughs> like the body shop. I call this. Yeah, like the body shop. Have you ever gone past the body shop and kind of gone, oh, oh that's such a like amalgamation of smells that I feel disgusted. Yeah, like, all the time, I, man. I need to take a shower so and much wax. Other. All the so time. So much wax, so much soap. Yeah. Wait, oh. Maybe that's our film now. So like, much spunk. Maybe all these... Okay. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know what you're quoting. You're quite, no, he's quite the last Jedi, but Spunk is jizz, isn't it? So yeah, it is. Now it's jizz. It's last not Star Wars yeah, anymore. Yeah, when people say you're full of Spunk, I'm like, that's a very personal. Yeah, but it's like Gary Busey in Point Break. I know you. No, it's uh, John C. Uh, McGinley to Keanu Reeves. I know you. You're young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect There's nice. also the best line in that where Gary Busey goes, You listen here, I was taking shrapnel in case on whilst you were still shitting on your hands and rubbing it in your face. <laughs> Imagine no rubbing your poo on your face. Who rubs, who rubs feces on Children, face. apparently. I don't know what household he grew up. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Gary Busey's household. <laughs> where he was exposed to cocaine and shit at the youngest age available. <laughs> Gary Busey! 
Um, do we do we feel like um There's anything more to say about this film? <laughs> not really. <laughs> I, I, I I I I don't I hope I'm not just speaking for myself, but I hope this film gets some sort of spin-off or something follows I on from it. Be, I could watch Two Keeper. Yeah, I could. I could. I kinda want it to be like we went and saw Beekeeper One. It was like, yeah, so so. And then in two or three years' time, Beekeeper Two comes out. And it's one of the greatest films made this decade because Probably, they actually yeah. took the concept and ran with it, it properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Evil Dead 2 to Evil Dead 1. Yes. Or, or, Literally. Matt, or Road Warrior to Matt. Actually, no, because Evil Matt Dead Matt. 1 is a banger. Do you know what I mean? No, but, like, Evil Dead 1, I'm saying both of them, but you know when the sequel just completely flaws the original. Yeah. So Road yeah, Warrior okay. is a fair yeah, yeah. example. And yeah. Evil Dead 2, I... Evil Dead 2 is like one of the best movies, period. Groovy. Stand up, stand, stand down. Why, why, did, why did I say stand up? Because you wish to stand down. <laughs> down. Let me stand. Stand down, Neville. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, if Jason Statham stays attached, I could definitely see them following up with Do maybe another one. Do you not want a, a, a spin off with Rave Lampman? Definitely not. Definitely not. Just, you know what? I, I would prefer just put him in another scenario with a new family, with a new um, conflict. And kind of bring in more of the beekeeper organization. Let's explore that a bit more. Let's go more in depth. Maybe have a few more other beekeepers show up and just kind of build the world from there. I Listen, would love that. If you introduce this idea of this organization or this creed that have existed for thousands of years that are to protect the natural order, mm. then who, if you're talking about cousins that you had conversations with, who is the bad guy? The Illuminati. Oh. Imagine the beekeepers going up against the Kaluminati and the actually no the Rothschilds, that's too politically charged. But you know that kind of global conspiracy shit. You can have some fun with that. Yeah. Or Beekeeper 2 is set like in the 1800s when they're first established. Like an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gay. I'm like, uh, the King's Man is better than Kingsman 2. Is For that it? same reason, yeah, it is. They I'm go not, back and flesh yeah, it out. Yeah, I enjoyed the Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't watched them since the first one. I really enjoyed Kingsman, and then mm. Kingsman Two is so so. The I, Kingsman is actually pretty good. The yeah. Kingsman Two was one of these things that was on, and I just paid zero attention to it. Yeah, I had my phone out the whole time. Were you taking drugs? N no, if I had my phone out, I hope I'm not doing drugs. That's a really boring way of spending your time on drugs. What, in the oh, cinema? get my phone out. Like, Oh, were you at home or in the cinema? At home. Oh, that's different. He so, was in okay. the comfort of his I own abide. I never get my phone out in the cinema. I think it's one of the worst fucking things anyone on earth can do. Yeah, this generation do it too much, oh, man. Fucking piss yeah, me off. So you guys remember when I went and saw this film we've just spoken about and I got bored halfway through and then I started sending you guys text messages saying it was oh, dog shit, shit. you are. You're that is exactly... No, so I'm going to... bad guy. I, come after you. Yeah, you're I the bad am, guy. I am going to <laughs> declare myself having betrayed my previous conduct. I always used to believe in at least putting your phone on silent. I saw this film... I wasn't feeling it, and I started running my mouth to these two, saying, ah, oh, this, I don't like it, I don't like it. 20 minutes later, the film kicks off. I sent those boys a message saying, this is why they say turn your phone off in the cinema, because otherwise you start chatting shit the first 10 minutes, you don't know what's coming. Because later on, I ultimately had a good time in the movies. And it kicks off. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you were there with your screen brightness, like, dialed up to 100. Yes. <laughs> Notification pings going off. No, you see, you can't really look at <laughs> porn in the cinema with 100% brightness because people will see behind you. Oh, yeah. People will shout at you, chastise you, maybe even... No, they won't, they won't shout. They'll just feel this, like, other body turn up behind you. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you're right, brother. No, oh, no, I'm chilling, bro. How you doing, man? <laughs> At least you're not like doing it in something like in Canto or, or something. It's the beekeeper. At least everyone's like hopefully near enough of age that you're watching porn in the. Porno fears. I want to mention that quickly before we wrap up today's yes, episode. Please hit it. I don't get them. There is nothing. You're from a different time, isn't it? Slightly. We're from the same time. Slightly. There's nothing less arousing than being in a room with other people who are men masturbating. No, I remember. Back like in, oh, I thought Toby. Major turn off. I thought Toby was going to defend it. No, like, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say like there, but if there were a few times where you go to sleepovers and then some of the more cocky boys, no pun intended, would be like, "Let's watch some porn, guys," and you get some porn up on the PS3 and you just be watching it like. Oh. But that's when I leave. That's when I like. It's two a.m. and you're thirteen. You can't leave. I can leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I choose to leave. Yeah, so I know no, some people are into that. No one's uh, flogging the bishop <laughs> when this is happening. Is that a term for masturbation? Yeah. <laughs> flogging the bishop. Yeah. How are you going to call your cock a bishop? <laughs> Top bishop. Not even a mayor or a president. Not even. You know what I mean? It's really high up in the church, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not the pope, is it? No, it's Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, 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 no. Calling your penis a cardinal. <laughs> cardinal of Charlotte. The, yeah. car- the cardinal sins. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of masturbating. I mean, Pee Wee Herman did it. May he rest, Paul Rubens. Yeah, he masturbated in a theatre. Why are you laughing, Alex? I'm not laughing. I'm I trying look at your to. Face. Like, the audience can't see your face. I can see your face. I, I can see my face. And the film was all quiet on the Western. <laughs> <laughs> the 30s version or the 70s yeah, version? 30s version. 30s version. Oh, that's cool. even worse. <laughs> Pre-code. Right. So yeah. Um, well, I guess that's it, guys. We all kind of had things to take away from the Beekeeper. Overall, we we enjoyed it. We enjoyed aspects of it. We knew that it wasn't the best written movie, but there were things to enjoy. It was one of those things where it's so bad, it's good for me. Yeah, yeah, same I enjoyed it on that level. I wouldn't... It had its USPs, didn't it? Unique selling points. Mm. Yeah, and and the fact that I just caught it on a whim after coming home from work and just randomly watching it, it did deliver. I noticed the pause you took between coming and home, because you were about to say coming down. I'm coming home. No, why? You're going to push this whole narrative that I'm like a massive crackhead. Yeah, you need to stop. I didn't say crack, I I said substance abuse. Just some sort of junkie on this podcast. (laughs) Junkie XL. (laughs) So with that, guys, let's head on out. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you all actually take our advice and go out and watch The Beekeeper. It will be a good watch if you're into action and you like stage them. So here we're wrapping up, guys. It's been myself, Alex, and Stefan. Bye-bye. And also Toby. Don't talk to any toy you don't know. And also, uh, if you want to, please be sure to like, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Serial Viewers Podcast. That is right. So until then, guys, stay tuned for the next episode. And thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Have a good day.